All right, welcome back to the Game Chat Podcast. Sunday, May 14th, and recording this just after Game 7 of Sixers Celtics. Joined by uh, the NBA the NBA guy himself, Shane Berenger, but also a special guest here. I, I'm just going to say Cobes. Uh, Casey Coberly, but we're going to call him Cobes. So there will be no Casey. It's just Cobes. That's my name. So. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> well, welcome to the pod, Cobes. Um, I'm glad, glad we were able to make this work. It's kind of been a long time in the making. So uh, happy to have you on. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. You do, you do have a Niners hat on. And I do. I not a huge fan of that, but that's all right. That's all right. Coming out hot. Had to um, Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. So, like I said, we're just just finishing up Game Seven. The conference finals are set. We will get into maybe a conference final preview here later in the pod. But let's go. Let's just go fresh. Sixers fall to the Celtics. One twelve to eighty eight is the final. A thirty three to ten third quarter. For the Celtics, Jason Tatum, after a awful three quarters in game six, comes out and has 51 points. And like you said, Cobes earlier, zero turnovers in game seven. And the Celtics are back in the Eastern Conference finals against the Heat. Um, where, where, where do we want to start? I mean, Tatum was very close to being the dog for the Celtics in if they would have lost game six, but now he is, he's the hero. Yeah. I think that's a great place to start the, uh, the narrative throughout this entire series. Cause I mean, the Sixers were up three, one and everyone was like, Oh, Joe Missoula doesn't, it's too big for too big for the moment. You got a lot of Jason Tater, Jalen Brown. We should split them up again. There's a lot of talk shows about that this week. And I think it was really evident that Jason Tatum, he can't be the best player every single day. Like, like LeBron did for that 10 year stretch that he was on, but you know, he can, he can manipulate the game and change the game almost every single time. And it's hard to expect it every day. Um, But he was consistent enough this series and brought him back. I I think once they won game six in Philadelphia, there was no chance that the Sixers were going to have the mental fortitude. Um, And by that, I mean, doc and uh, (laughs) James Harden, those two, um, I don't think they'd have the mental fortitude to come back and win in the garden. Um, So, you know, hats off to the Celtics. They were somehow counted out early in the series, even though before the series started, everyone was going to pick them to win, but like hats off to the Celtics, but also, I mean, Cobes, I don't know what your thought is on the Sixers as an organization, but what what did you think about their performance and kind of what are they going to do moving forward? I think they just ended up being who we thought they were at the end of the day, you know, um, their defense was horrid today. I, every time I was looking up at the TV, it looked like it was just like a, a wide open dunk or a wide open three. Um, and I thought Embiid was, was pretty bad as well today again. And, uh, just is, a it's a very disappointing showing for the Sixers. I think if you're a Sixers fan, you got to feel pretty down about, um, how that game went. Cause yeah, you know, to, to piggyback off what you were saying, I feel like you're kind of getting at like their effort, like their body language on the court was bad. Like they knew they were getting thumped um, after like the first half it was pretty close. But after after halftime, when they came out swinging, like Jack said, 33 to 10 in the third quarter, that is bad news for the for the Sixers and bad body language, bad effort. So it's not a fun day to be a Sixers fan. They got golden stated. 
<laughs> Golden State <laughs> used to do that to the people in the third quarter all the time. Exactly. For real. And I I don't know. I'm where do you go if you're the Sixers after this? Because I feel like they keep trying to like mini reload every season. Like it's yeah. I mean it was it was bringing in Harden and I don't know. It just it feels like this is the same story for the Sixers. Like they're just not good enough to get over the hump. And I don't know if yeah. it's if it's Embiid because you're right, he didn't he didn't play well today. And I mean, 15 points, five for 18 from yeah. the field. That is not an MVP type performance in no. in the fourth in, in in game seven of a of a conference semifinal game. Like totally. I, I don't know. And and you mentioned Doc Rivers. Like, is it time to move on from him? To, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you're yeah. doing with the Sixers. It just seems like this is where they're just this is the same thing every year for them. And they're just yeah, not Jack, gonna be able to the get only thing home. that comes to my mind about the Sixers. Um, obviously, Doc is one of the things. Um, but I think they're missing a presence, like an alpha presence, like a Jimmy Butler type or. Uh, oh, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> or, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Just these guys yeah. that are just gonna get on joel when he's not having a good game to like just bring him out of the mental rut because i mean i don't know if you guys watched a lot of the knicks series julius randall kind of has the same type of um i wouldn't say character but just kind of motivation as Embiid. i can see like when he's when Embiid's playing well and he's dominating he's really hard to stop same thing with julius randall but when he's not it's hard to get him going again um and that's a thing for the sixers that they can't have like because they're across their roster is not necessarily super consistent. Like the Celtics have a really consistent roster. Like if Malcolm Brogdon is playing well, then Jason Tatum doesn't have to play super well. But like if Embiid's playing bad, George Niang is not going to like put up 30 points to have them win. So like that's just one of the inconsistencies of the Sixers roster. And I think a lot of people overestimated their depth, but didn't factor in their consistency as much. So it's a crazy series, but better team, better team one. You know who I... I think it's kind of similar to that. Like the Embiid thing that you're talking about is Harden. And that's why they just don't work well together. Cause Harden's that, I mean, he pisses me off so much when he does that, you know, complains for a foul and then sits on the court while they're the, the Celtics are running back the other way. And it's the same thing. Like when Harden's going, it's, it's so fun to watch. And it's like, those two are unstoppable. That game one, he had 45. But then when he's not and they're not falling and he's not getting calls, like he's 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 such a negative. It's and I think that even compounds with Doc Rivers because I mean I, I'm sure everybody knows now that this is tenth three one lead blown or or like maybe not tenth but like fifth or something. But might as well be ten. Yeah. Um, like compounding those three attitudes with like I mean it makes sense why they lost. That's I guess all that we're getting at is like it right. makes sense they lost right. and they didn't persevere. Um, but on, honestly, hats off to the Celtics for coming back in the th- down three one. Like that's that's major impressive. Yeah, I thought Jalen Brown looked really good again today. He played great yeah. defense. Both sides, of the exactly. Yeah, yeah. Really do you think impressive. this? Do you think this Celtics team like where are they at compared to last year? What do you What do you guys think about that? Because they're going to get a lot of comparisons, especially now that they play the Heat, who they played last year. I think um, I don't like Joe Mazzulla as much as I liked Ime Udoka. I think Ime Udoka was a he kind of had that alpha mentality like I was getting at earlier. Not to say that Joe Mazzulla doesn't. Um, the thing that I will say that is is positive for this year's Celtics team is they are one year older, all of them. So they've had that entire year to gel um, and stuff. I, I think Malcolm Brogdon is a huge addition. He is like so – like he's 
I'm happy he won six man of the year. He's so skilled. Like you can just throw him the ball. He can take it to the rack. He can hit open threes. He'll make the right pass. It's those things are really, really hard to find, especially come playoff time. The most of those guys who are good in the regular season who do that stuff can't replicate it exactly in the playoffs. And uh, Brogdon has really, really stepped up for them. And that's what I think is going to be their um, X factor going into the heat series, which we'll get into Derek, later. Derek but, white too, man. Derek white too. Yeah. So totally awesome too. I think Malcolm Brogdon kind of stole some of Derek White's thunder. Um, yeah. Series, but yeah, Derek White as well. He's a heater off the bench too. Marcus Smart worries me. <laughs> I was literally just about to bring up Marcus Smart. A lot. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what's nice about Brogdon and White is that both of them kind of steal that those minutes from from Smart. And mm-hmm. I just think and and maybe it is like a little bit of Bill Simmons getting to my head here, but I do think there is a tiny bit of Missoula not wanting to play or not wanting to bench smart because smarts, yeah. the smarts, the guy like there. Yeah. So I don't know. He and, played awesome today. He played good today. So. Right. He's like one of, when he has those good games, He's just frustrating when he plays bad. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. He's really – he's like, wow, this is why we have him. You know, so it's just like he might make a bonehead turnover, but he might he might make a – take a bad shot, but he also will get, grab a loose ball and will try really hard. So that's that's hard benching those those high-effort kids, those high-effort, really trying hard. It's really hard to bench them. So I, I understand why they're doing it. But as a fan, very frustrating sometimes. He feels like he's like even with – Jalen Brown and um, Tatum as well offensively. And that's a problem, you know, like he totally. should not be taking the last second three ever. Yeah. And that, yeah. that was the case a couple of times on the stretch in this playoff so far. Yeah. And we'll see how that comes to bite them when they get in close games with the heat in next okay. round. But... All right. So that's a good, that's a good transition. Um, I'm looking on, on FanDuel right now. Guess, guess how much this, the Celtics are favored by in game one. In game one, uh, yeah. Wait, the Celtics are. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Uh, Maybe probably... I should have said who's favored, but yeah, the Celtics seven, are favored. Seven points. Five and a half. Eight. Oh man! And for man, the series, points. for the series, Celtics minus five fifty. Heat plus four hundred. What? Heavy, heavy favorites. Wow, that's that's a little surprising. Um, the Heat are really good. They're really well coached. Um, the only thing that worries me is an injury because they're a little thin. Because obviously Tyler Hero went out earlier in the year, or earlier in the playoffs. Um, and if Bam gets hurt, they don't really have a, another guy. Like Kevin Love's not a rim protector. Um, but man, I that's an underdog for Jimmy Butler. Like that is crazy, crazy odds. Yeah, and and Butler's plus 440 to win Eastern Conference MVP because we have the the MVPs now for the yeah. conference finals. I mean, right. whew, I don't know. That's interesting, man. I mean, I you, yeah, you, you, you like the Celtics, but I didn't think they'd be that much of an underdog. Um, yeah, no kidding. Are we, get, are we moving to that series? Do we want to? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, do we, we can go to, I guess maybe, do we want to go to the, the Heat Knicks first? Yeah. yeah, that's a sure. very good idea. Um, Knicks put up a put up a little bit of a fight, um, but the Heat go to get get back to the 
conference finals as an eight seed. I think I saw it's was it the second or third time that's happened? Well, um, as an eight seed, uh, they win in six. And Shane, you kind of touched on it earlier. I mean, this was really Brunson versus the Heat. Randall just disappears. First of all, props to Jalen Brunson, man. I I had my doubts about Brunson, but but that guy's a baller. <laughs> he, yeah, he's a baller. Love that dude. Love it. I think as as time passes, like we're gonna have to start thinking about having the conversation seriously if he can be a legitimate one on a championship team. And like seeing what I saw in the playoffs, like he was hitting that in that last game, he was hitting insane amount of jump shots, like just step back threes off the dribble. I mean, everyone knows about his touch around the rim. Like that's really impressive. But I was seeing jump shots that I'd never thought I'd see him take and make at a high clip. You know, it was really impressive. Spolstra gave him a lot of props after the series. Um, it was, it was a really really hard fought series. But I'm, I'm. This is a team that I'm really interested in what they're gonna do, uh, going forward. Like I was touching on Julius Randle, like his effort and, you know, wasn't great. Um, wasn't out of consistency wasn't great. I, like I wonder what they're gonna are they gonna trade him? His value is at an all time low right now. Like what, what are they gonna do? They they have like the core group of RJ Barrett, Quentin Grimes, quickly top in like to get a star, but that'd be a really complimentary group, but they don't have the the cap space with Julius Randle's contract and all that stuff. It's an interesting situation they're in right now. Yeah. I hope they get rid of Randall just because I I hated watching him play with Brunson. Um, but he just like didn't care on defense on possession. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know if you heard Rusillo's rant after was game five or game six, but like described perfectly what I was watching on TV. Like just the guy just seemed like he didn't care unless he had the basketball. Then all of a sudden he was really fast. Uh, I I feel like you're right. He, he, he is going to thrive the best when he is on a mediocre team that he's taking the majority of the shots. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That's, but Brunson has been Brunson's just overtaken him so quickly that mm-hmm. he's he's kind of looking around like what the I mean yeah. three for fourteen in in game in the in game six in the elimination game and one for seven from three like that's that's unbelievably bad from yeah. your from your number two it's really tough I mean he did this two years ago too when the Knicks had their their uh, two years ago and they went on their run he just like. He played well in, in that two years ago playoffs, but he was still moping around like when they were down and counted out like he was just moping around. And I think I would hope the Knicks, I know they have the biggest, you know, sports media. They're like one of the biggest franchises. It's likely and Stephen A. Smith is a big part of this, too. It's likely that they're going to push a narrative to get him out of there. And I'm all for it. Like, I want to see the Knicks be relevant and I want to see the Knicks like thrive. And I want them to be led by Jalen Brunson because he's such a likable player and such a good shooter and dribbler and he's like he, i think he's i really hope he continues to be great because i really want that point guard position to come back in the nba like he's one of the guys like darius garland's kind of like this but darius garland scores a little bit more but brunson he'll get his but he also will make the right plays to get his other guys the right uh the right shots and he's a dog on defense he's a little undersized but he's still a dog he tries really hard um i love john brunson he's great Great dude. Yeah. It's a Jalen Brunson fan club pod. <laughs> I'm in. Yep. I'm in. Yeah. For real. in. for real. Um, 
I mean, anything else about the Heat? Like Butler didn't put up the headlines that he did against the Bucks, but he's it's unbelievable how he does this. Like he's him he, for, for real. Sure. He just no matter what the regular season's like, no matter what happens in that regular season, and we talk about it. I feel like every regular season, it's like, no, nah, just wait. Jimmy's going to turn it up in the playoffs, and I feel like most years, at least myself, I know I kind of doubt it. I'm like. Ah, is he gonna do it this year and then he does and i'm like all right yep no he does yep go ahead man do it shout out gabe vincent too gabe yes. vincent played played really good in this series um yep. i like I how do they sh- how are they shooting so well like they were the worst shooting team in the nba yeah in the regular that, season yeah that i heard i heard that stat earlier that said they were the worst shooting team or one of the worst shooting teams in the nba and now they're yeah yeah, yeah I don't, mm-hmm. they're they're coming alive. I like without Tyler Hero, without one of their best shooters. Yeah, but it's yeah, they're. I mean, they're really as we we've mentioned and everyone's mentioned, like really well coached team. I have to assume some of that has to has to do with it, right? For sure, totally. And just think- when Jimmy takes over, I feel like he he clogs that middle so well mm-hmm. that it it frees up those outside shooters a little bit more, at least than the regular season. Yeah, I think an underrated part of of their success in these playoffs has been not necessarily just Max Struess, but like that part that they're getting out of their like three, uh, like small forward position. They're getting a lot of defense and a lot of rebounding out of that position. Um, Bam has been really good too. Um, actually, he's been good some games. Yeah, he's, he's been like, all right. Like when he's like eighty, when he's on, he's on. But when he's off, he's a little bit of a you know right. behind the curtain guy. But um, that's why it's nice to have Jimmy Butler on your team to like bring those guys up to the level of effort and expectation. Um, and just like you touched on Jack, like he is so it's crazy how he can take himself up at that level. Um, I'm excited to see how we'll do it again um, against a, a pretty tough opponent. Like, cause the Celtics have been there before. So have the, so have the heat, but it'll be really tough to see how they defend Jimmy, how they defend Bam um, and just kind of the chess a chess match on the core. It's going to be a really, really fun series um, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Celts better not get down three one to the Heat. I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if they're coming back and winning I, if they get down three one to the Heat. Yeah, seriously. I don't think Jimmy Butler would let that happen. Like, yeah, that's, true. He, that's true. He seems like he's got that. He's just he's the him that he's just not going to let that happen. Yeah, I yeah, also he, say, he, along with Gabe it. Vincent, uh, Caleb Martin. Mm-hmm. I watched him when he was a uh, he played Boise State a couple times when he was at Nevada. That man's that man's come alive. That's been, been awesome. fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, like you said, and he he kind of rotates in at that three position, like you're saying, Shane, and yeah. like shoots threes, plays good defense. Yeah, they've I, I like him. I like they him just have like a plug and play type type of offense. It's really it's really interesting. They just like plug a guy in, they high ball screen, they roll and throw it to Bam or kick out to whoever they're going to kick out to and knock down three and play good defense. That's what, yeah. that's the recipe, man. It's, it's working for him. What do we think? Let's, I mean, let's just go to the heat, heat Celtics series. Yeah. Let's do it. Obviously, like we've mentioned, they played last year. What, I don't know. What do you guys think the heat need to do to kind of, I mean, they were very close last year that Jimmy, Jimmy Butler shot that everyone's yeah. replayed hundreds of times. Yeah. What what do they need to to maybe get to the finals this year? I would say they need to harass Jason Tatum, and I know that's really hard to do, but 
they need to make sure that he's not comfortable and they need to make sure that I guess basically they need to force turnovers. Like, cause when Marcus smart is turning the ball over and when Jalen Brown is getting swarmed, he doesn't have a very good handle. Um, like if they force some turnovers, that is the recipe for them to win. They can get out and run in transition. Um, I think that if they don't do that, it'll be hard for them to win in another, another way, just because of how deadly the Celtics are when they, when they shoot the ball. Well, um, I'm like, I'm sure you've heard the Bill Simmons stat of like when the Celtics shoot over 40%, they've, they've won 92 or 93% of their games this year. So, um, yeah, I think forcing turnovers for the heat is, is their biggest priority defensively. Got to win early too. They got to steal one of the first two games, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like if the Celtics get comfortable, this, this could get out of hand quick for sure. Yeah. I, I think to your point, Jack, about that getting out of hand, I think is totally right. Just because of the, in my mind, the overwhelming talent on the Celtics side versus the heat side, the top Jimmy Butler is an amazing player. I just don't know that Kyle Lowry is going to be able to match the just overall performance of either Jalen Brown or Brogdon or, or even Marcus Smart or Al Horford for that matter. Like just Kyle Lowry's great, but like, he had some really, really, you know, bulldog crunch time moments in the playoffs this year, but I don't know if he's going to do it in the conference finals. We'll see. We'll see. But uh, I just think the overall talent of the Celtics is just better than the Heat. And I think talent usually prevails in the NBA. So unless Spolstra is the best coach of all time, <laughs> and then we have to have that talk. But I'll have that talk after after game five or something. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned health too. I feel like that's up there. I'd love to see Bam have a great series because the Celtics don't have, I mean, like Rob Williams and Al Horford are fine, but mm -hmm. I feel like Bam's got to prove that he's kind of their number two and an elite center. Like, I feel like he has that chance to do it this year because if he plays down to the level of Horford and Rob Williams, then, then it's Butler versus Tatum and Brown. And I think that's, that's hard. Yeah, I mean, as much as we just said we love Jimmy Butler, I, I don't know if he's going to be able to do that for seven games. So yeah, it's a lot to yeah. ask. Um, all right, anything else on the East? No, I, mean, that's kind I of just, I just think it'll be interesting to see the Celtics start what their starting lineup's going to be because mm. they started Robert Williams those last couple games and it kind of gave him a little spark. So I don't know. He's had a weird, weird series. He was such a big part of their team last year. And yeah. I know he's been hurt and stuff this year and hasn't played as well, but you, you got to think, I don't know. I wonder if they'll have the ability to go small uh, against the heat. He, you'd feel like probably not. Right. Well, I mean, when Bam doesn't play, they don't really have a big out there. So mm. um, it's possible. Like the Warriors played, I mean, they didn't win their series, but they played small pretty much the whole series against the Lakers. Um, so it's possible, but you never know. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Who would you, who would you like to see him start? I, cause I'm, that's a, I know that's a big topic. Like Simmons and Ursula always talk about it. They, I mean, I, I just, yeah. Cause I think you're right. I think that's super interesting. I wonder like so obviously Tatum and Brown. Yeah. You gotta stick. I think you gotta stick with Williams, Robert in the starting lineup at least for now, just because he brought so much energy in the last couple games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you keep stay with him, too. I, I don't mind uh, starting Horford, too. I, I'm, a, I'm a 
big Horford guy, but he's old, yeah. so you never know. Because you might want to – I think Robert Williams is a good person to start because he's he has the most potential to, like, disrupt Bam, I feel like, just because he is big and strong and can out-rebound. And if he comes out aggressive and sets that tone early on, it might be that, you know, punch in the face for Bam. Because I think Bam is one of those players that – not on the level of Julius Randle or, or, like, Harden, like we were talking about earlier, but I feel like Bam is kind of one of those guys that needs a kick in the butt or, like, a little bit of a fire – uh, ticket going for him to actually, you know, perform at a high level because he's not mm-hmm. as consistent as you'd hope for a big, like, elite center like Jack was talking about. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go to the West. Let's do it. Lakers, Warriors, the NBA's dream matchup was a dud. Like, one game Ooh. under five points. Yeah. I'm looking, game one, I guess, was five. 27, 30. 3-15-21. I mean, just a bummer for the NBA to have Lakers, Warriors, Steph, LeBron, and then just no close games. I mean, it's kind of funny, too. Like, Cobes, we have so many of these games. We have these NBA games. We have baseball games during, you know, before them and stuff. And so it's not often I get to we get to watch the first quarters or the first and second quarters. And it was every night these Lakers, Warriors game were on, I'd turn on my phone. And, you know, second quarter and one team's up 30. I'm like, all right, yeah. well, that's a bummer. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it just, yeah, it just was a bummer that that this this series wasn't super watchable like it should have been. Yeah. I think I, for that reason is because, like, I don't want to say LeBron turns it on and turns it off, but he kind of does. Like, when they were playing, um, especially in Golden State for, like, game four or whatever it was, he, like, was just taking fadeaway jumpers the whole first half. And I was like, man, they're not winning this game. On <laughs> hasn't drove the ball one time. So I think that kind of contributes to it. Like, I think the Lakers had a plan of, like, what games they wanted to win. And after they won the first two, they were like, okay, we can kind of, you know, calm our expectations down and win a couple games. Um, what did you guys think about the Warriors rotation? Um, like, just, I, I'm not, I guess, everyone but Steph. I guess is all I'm talking about. Like Clay was pretty bad. I hate Draymond Green. I'll say it on the pod. One of my least favorite <laughs> players of all time. Uh, Poole was bad. Um, Von Looney didn't seem very like effective in this series, like he was last series against the Kings. Um, what was your guys' thoughts on the on the Warriors rotation? I just don't think they they had the strength to to deal with Anthony Davis. Man, he was the game. He was he was the difference maker. Um, I actually didn't even think he played that well in game six. And then I was looked back at the box score and he had 20 rebounds and he was plus 31 in the game. Like, I guess he yeah. played all right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think he was too much for him. Like, because he messed up everything they wanted to do offensively. Um, and, you know, unless, unless the Warriors shot fantastic from three, which clay was pretty bad and, Jordan Poole was awful, um, mm-hmm. almost unplayable at points. Yeah. Like they were relying on Moody for a lot of the games, you know? I mean, yeah. I just think that he was too, Davis was too much and they, they just had too much of an inside presence. That's what the Kings didn't have. That's what the Kings were lacking. And Looney was able to dominate as a result of that. But the Lakers just, I mean, not even just Anthony Davis, you know, they're bringing like Daniels off the bench and, 
Um, he had game good minutes and they just got, they got good, good minutes from a lot of different people in this series. The Lakers did. Yeah. Like I think the, the reason they won the series was because of their defense and like, they're just a bigger, stronger. I don't know if they're faster, but they're bigger and stronger than the Warriors are. And they made it super, super hard for Steph to even get into his actions. Like he would be coming off screens and there would be a hand in his face like Austin Reeves was playing really tough defense. He was like swarming the ball. Uh, a lot of other guys like Lonnie Walker, Dennis Schroeder did a really great job playing defense. The Lonnie Walker game. Lonnie Walker game. We got to shout him out. Um, I think Darvin Ham deserves a lot of credit for this series. Um, they, the Lakers were just on top of it the whole time. It seemed like every counter punch that the Warriors would throw, he had someone they could plug in um, and kind of counteract off it. Cause at the beginning of the series, they were playing Jared Vanderbilt a lot. Um, and then they kind of moved away from that and that, you know, paid dividends and they started playing much better. So, yeah, I, I mean, credit to AD as well. He played super well, was the best player in that series. Um, LeBron was, you know, very consistent. Didn't I liked how in the closeout game, he started taking the ball to the rack a little bit more. It's nice to see as the games get more meaningful, he's starting to turn it up, you know, and and see that old LeBron that we always I saw growing up like all the time. Um, it's nice to see you still got that in the tank. It was it was such a bummer to see like Wiggins to me was another big part of this. Like he was so good on that team last year and such a big reason that they won the title. And I don't know, like obviously he's got some stuff going on personally and just kind of a weird season for him um, missed so much of that time. And I don't know if that, that part affected him like the, whatever's going on outside, but I think just them not being able to play together just kind of messed it up. I don't know. They just looked off. You, you could just tell like, this is not the same Warriors team that we had been watching totally last year. And they were like, obviously when we remember this Warriors team, this, this run that they've had, the Steph, clay and kerr and draymond warriors like we remember steph first but Mm -hmm. they were such a good team basketball and this was not this was steph curry i think that the game what was game four game four is always the most pivotal game in every series in my opinion like the difference between three one and two two is ginormous Mm -hmm. and when they won the when the lakers won that game you just knew it was over. And I think the last, it was like the last two minutes of that game. I think Steph missed three threes or something. And it was all like, all the shots were just, Hey, let's pray. Steph can help us out of this one. Yeah. And you just knew after that, it was like, all right, they have no chance. I think there was one where even AD switched on to Steph and his garden Steph out outside the three point line. And they're just, yeah, you're just like, Steph's not going to win this. Like, that's just not why they're so great. So, yeah, yeah, like to piggyback off what you were saying, Jack, like they were a great team because of how good they were at moving the ball yeah. and how they played offense and how they played off of each other. And now it is just like, all right, Draymond, top of the key, dribble handoff to Steph, or like, let's run a pin down for Clay in the corner and have him shoot like a shot, like in 0.2 seconds. So he like rushes it and misses it. Like, the, that's credit to the Lakers defense again, like I was saying earlier, but they just weren't getting good shots because they weren't playing well as a team. So, Yeah, and that game four, Steph had a 31-point triple-double, and then 
the next leading scorer was Wiggins with 17 and then Gary Payton, the second with 15. Yeah. yeah you're not going to win a lot of games with that. Uh, no, no. What do we think the next kind of move looks like for the Warriors? Cause a lot of people are talking about, uh, you know, Draymond's contract. A lot of people are talking about their free agents. Clay is up for a renegotiation of the contract. Um, I saw something today that they, that Bleacher Report put out or something someone else put out. Um, they Clay would have like, or the Warriors would like to Clay to take a reduction on his contract um, extension to like sign other people. Hmm. They said that to Clay. That's not what Clay said to them. So makes sense. <laughs> yeah, sure. It makes sense. Didn't play very well. Let's knock you down from a 30 million to a 20 million guy. But we'll see kind of what happens. My initial reaction is I, I thought they were going to get rid of Draymond, but I also think that it would be a little kind of crazy. You know how like the Spurs kept their big three together for the longest time. I think it would be a little bit of a disservice to those guys to, to get rid of Clay and Draymond, even though that's probably the right basketball move um, to get Clay on another team or, or maybe just get Draymond to like the, the Blazers or, or the Hawks or something. Those are the two teams I've heard. Um, but I, I don't know what their move is. What do you guys, what do you guys think? I think I think they owe it to Steph to try to go after it again personally. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy is still playing like he's the best player in the NBA a lot of times, you know, like I I don't know. I I think they owe it to him, but it's I think it's mostly about isn't it about like what that owner decides to do if the yeah. owner's going to come back or not because if he comes back then he would probably like try to keep those guys and uh I think that he would probably find a way to make make that work, but yeah, yeah that's a great. I, point. I don't know where they go either, to be honest with you. That's a you know point. who I I was gonna mention this too with the Wiggins part, but I really think after last year they thought Poole was kind of gonna step up and be Steph's like wingman, and they signed him to do a contract. Holy yeah. shit, he was so bad in this yeah. in this series in this playoffs. Like and, you said, Coves unplayable. I mean. Yeah, so I think that was a that's a big piece, and I agree they owe it to Steph. I just I'm glad I don't have to make those decisions because <laughs> that's tough. that sounds horrible right now. It's very tough. I mean, Jordan Poole, like he's an offensive, he's supposed to be an offensive dynamo, but when he's not making his shots and he's turning the ball over and is the most the biggest liability on defense on the court, like that's just a recipe for disaster for a coach in the playoffs. Because in basketball if you have one weak defender on the court and you have a smart coach on the other side, they're going to, they're going to put that dude in a pick and roll and attack him every single time. And that's what the Lakers kept doing to Steph and pool. And yeah. that's uh, essentially one of the reasons that they won. And that's why I give Darvin Ham so much props. Cause that was like, they just attacked, attacked, attacked. They were not letting Man. the Warriors get back in it. Cause I mean, like we said, it only takes one three to fall for like 30 more to come raining down after. Um, so they just had the foot on the gas the whole time, and the Lakers deservedly won the series. Kind of sucks that the Warriors couldn't figure out how to make like Wiseman work, or the Kaminga and the Kaminga pick didn't work out yeah. as well as they wanted, and Moody. Like, you know, like that this run probably would have been extended if any one of those three had yeah. panned out for them the way they wanted. I yeah, hundred percent more. Yeah, I couldn't. Agree more. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, this is just completely not like it's just me theorizing here i wonder 
Um, so we all know about the the Draymond punch at the beginning of the season. I I've been he- I have been hearing some stuff about like the young regime and the old regime on the players of Golden State and just how there is a little bit of a disconnect of like Steph and Draymond and Iguodala, just like the guys who've been there and done that. I wonder if that just hypothetical disconnect had a lot to do with the stunting of Kaminga and uh, Wiseman and their like growth as players. Like a lot of people talked about, oh, the Warriors would be the perfect place to get drafted into. Um, you know, their culture is great. They have team first mindset. They got great coaches. I wonder if that is coming to light in a little bit of a different way. Now, I could be completely wrong and fishing out of just an empty bucket because they could just be not great draft picks. Like Kaminga could be an overhyped dude, even though he's so athletic and so, you know, special. But I, I just wonder what that is like in the in the locker room and, and with the Warriors, you know. I, I definitely don't think you're wrong. Like Wiseman showed signs, Wiseman showed signs of life when he went to Detroit, who had like six centers already. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I just <laughs> You know, I definitely feel like you're 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 definitely hitting on something that's probably part of it. You know, it's just tough to grow in that system when you aren't given chances to make mistakes because we're trying to win now. Like exactly, that's what Wiseman needed. That's what I mean. Moody Moody actually looked okay in these in these playoffs when he got some time, mm-hmm. um, but they just need time. You know. Yeah, and- I think that's a super underrated part of just of getting of like you guys are saying just getting drafted to that good team and being able to make mistakes is when you're getting 15 minutes a night after playing 30 minutes throughout college and then in and every 15 minute segment that you're in there as soon as you miss two shots they pull you because they're like you 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 can't miss a wide open look that Steph gives you like that's just unacceptable clay never does that mm-hmm. um yeah like how and we just never we don't see them enough to know <laughs> or to develop them at all like they're just not on the court enough so yeah i think i think for sure i think they're going to be in an interesting spot for next year i think they're going to be a team that is either going to be in the headlines a lot or they're not going to change a whole lot and they're going to either run it back with the same crew or they're going to really shuffle the deck um and we'll see how that goes but credit to lakers that's all we can say man yeah LeBron yeah, and I cannot Rob believe Olympia. this team is in the conference final. I can't I can't believe it either, man. Like I remember when we had some midseason pods about before the trade deadline, just talking about how terrible and distraught and just unmotivated the Lakers looked. And just like is Darvin Ham even a good coach? Is LeBron any good anymore? Like all these things were going out. And just to see him turn it around and not only just turn it around like LeBron and Anthony Davis are playing well, but all their role players are just showing out. Like everyone fits their role. Like D'Angelo Russell is playing so much better than I anticipated. Like I thought he was going to be like a turnover machine, but he's been taking care of the ball making the right choices and makes me happy. I'm I'm excited for another LeBron run. Like I've always been a huge LeBron fan. I feel like he does it just, he plays the game the right way and also does off the court stuff the right way too. And, I don't know. I, I see Jack Snicker and Jack but, doesn't like it. <laughs> it's not a big LeBron guy. I can't can't help it. Well, that's that's fair. I guess you just hate greatness. Uh, <laughs> true Mariners fan. True Mariners fan. Um, <laughs> no, I, I've always loved LeBron. Like he's a great great dude, and he's just so fun to watch, man. Not actually, maybe the flopping could could not fun to watch. Not fun to watch. 
Can you Great, yes. Respect the greatness. Not fun to watch. Oh, man. You don't like all the – you didn't – okay, Jack, let me ask you this. Did you like it when he got hit in the head and then was, like, on the ground for, like, 20 seconds and then they were playing four on five and then he <laughs> ran back and hit the three, just cash money? I oh, thought that was awesome. Pisses me oh, off. So I thought that was pretty much. awesome. Oh, there's so LeBron. Much. Still hasn't got up yet. Oh, he's coming his little, back. His little look at the camera. Like, oh, yeah. oh, the camera's still on me. I'm going to go back down. Uh I get there's stuff, some stuff to hate, but I, I love them. I love them. All cool. right. Do you want to yeah. transfer to the, uh, the, well, the champions, the future champions, I would say? Uh, yeah, the, definitely. The I wonder, do you think they're the betting favorite? No, no chance. I the Celtics are. Yeah. Did, you, 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 did they update them? I just said I bet the Celtics oh, okay. are. Yeah. I was going to say, that's impressive that you already know that. Because... I, I do not know. Um, let's see. Uh, NBA Finals. Yeah, here. Even money plus a hundred for the Celtics. Wow, everyone loves to count out the Celtics, or not the Celtics. Excuse me, the Nuggets. Everyone loves to count them out because no one really knows exactly what their ceiling is. Um, but man, they look good against the against the Suns. Oh. Like they really exposed the the lack of depth for the Suns. The, my favorite part about the series was it was a good team that's been established for a long time, the Nuggets, and it was the Kevin Durant and Devin Booker show on the Suns, <laughs> and nobody else was established. Like DeAndre Ayton, not established. Like Chris Paul, unfortunately, got hurt. I love a big Chris Paul fan as well. Sad that he got hurt. Just kind of a bummer, just on his just career. Yeah. Real, like I'd hate seeing him get dumped on by yeah. this, like this much, but there, what else can you do? Like this is what. This is what always happens. So we can't, you know, we can't let it slide, but we also don't have to dump on it too much here. But I think it just shows the greatness of the together, the togetherness of the Nuggets. Like everyone plays for themselves or for each other. Um, like Bruce Brown had an outstanding series coming off the bench. My guy, Jokic, favorite player in the league. Unbelievable. Is he, is he the best player in the league right now? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Of course. He, Remember when I was talking about uh, Jason Tatum being a really good player but doesn't show up 100% of the games, maybe it's 85%. Jokic shows up every stinking game. And he maybe his box score might not look great, but he's facilitating the ball. He's making the extra pass. He's doing the dirty work. Um, and the Nuggets just flow through him. Um, in the next series, I actually let's actually I'll hold that point. We'll we'll preview the 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 next yeah, round yeah yeah get there but the thing i guess what i want to talk about for this series is about the suns and what their plan of attack do you think they just run it back next year do they you know try to get rid of chris paul and, and get some like free up 35 million for their you know signing another wing that can play defense and shoot the ball like what what, what do you think their next move is and what are they going to do this offseason I mean, my my first impression of the Suns is they just they have to try to turn Chris Paul and DeAndre Aiden into four assets. Yeah. Like if they can turn those two assets into four playable assets, mm -hmm. I'll be fine. Because Booker Booker was incredible. Oh my gosh. He was incredible until that last game when the, clearly both his and Durant's legs were done. I mean, they're playing forty plus minutes in, in you know way too many games in a row and. You knew they were kind of in trouble against the Nuggets when they got they got pushed by the Clippers with only Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
both, and it took them to shoot like 80% from the field to beat them. You know, so, like, yeah, I was going to bring up game, game four was the, the Suns tied it. It was, and they won 129, 124. And this was when Jokic dropped 53. Yeah. And, um, and then Booker and KD each had 36. I don't know. Even though the Suns won that game, you knew that at least I, I kind of got the feeling that the series was over. Yeah. Because I mean, Booker's box, he was 14 for 18. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, and then Durant adds 36 and 11. Like you knew at that point, and then they only lose by five or they only win by five, excuse me. Right. Like you just knew at that point, this is un- unsustainable. And that was the way that they had to win. Yep. And, and yeah, as you mentioned, Cubs, like they just, especially game, game six, it was just, it was just like, yeah, they just don't have it anymore. And yeah. I mean, credit to them for winning those two games. Like that's impressive as hell to shoot 80% from the field twice. Like that's just, that's unheard of. I honestly Especially don't even against know. a good team like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Amen to that. Um, I mean, Booker, yeah. Four, 20, 20 for 25 in, in game two for 47. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's fake. That's, that's, that's not even 2K numbers. I, couldn't even I don't do think you can shoot that well. Yeah. No, no way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing for the Suns, they already got, rid of Monty Williams. I forgot to to say yes, that. Yes, here. Yes. Just, they fired Monty or they dismissed Monty Williams. I don't know where they're going to go um, for their next coaching position. But that's, Do you guys like that move? Well, here's the deal. It's, it's hard to be a front office person in the NBA because when you have a team that underperforms, especially under a new owner, and has – they've had this problem two years in a row, right? They got blown out by the by the Mavericks last year. Everyone remembers yeah, I that. About that. At Thirty in Game Seven, like the my favorite meme of all time, Luca looking at uh, uh, Booker on like the baseline. Oh, that's a great shot. But anyways, um, they underperformed in the most critical games two years in a row. Yep. And at a certain point, yes, it's on your players, but at a certain point, it's also on your coach a little bit. And that's probably why Doc Rivers is going to get the boot too, um, in Philadelphia. But I love Monty Williams. I think he has the right head on his shoulders. I think he's a really talented coach. But, you know, what are they going to do? Are yeah. are they going to just keep him again? And if he underperforms again, then that's another year you wasted. Like, it's tough being an owner, and it's it's tough being a coach in the NBA. Like, I think the – once Monty got fired, it was like the every coach that had the winningest record in the NBA the last five years has been fired like it's because yeah, bud's gone too yeah bud has gone he's gone uh the utah coach yeah um, alone yep yeah it's it's hard to win and sustain success and not have your franchise turn on you that's why it's so impressive what steve kerr's done this would um, be a good spot for ime yeah mm. Ooh. oh that would yeah because he you know he's at alpha dog and kind of kevin durant push like yeah that'd be that'd be a good spot I just think they need a little more help on the on the court for sure. Wait. Like I said, I, you you trade those two assets for four. I think if you yeah. can turn those into some four four, I think they'll be pretty good next year if they can do that. Totally. Ime Ime the Rockets hired Ime. The Rockets hired him. Yeah, like oh, that's right. Yeah, like yeah, a week right. or so ago. I yeah, you're I right. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's an interesting sidebar that, that, that was we, weird we can go on that right now we haven't we haven't done an nba pod in a while i'd love to touch on that why if you're Ime Odoka, why would you take that job because <laughs> look but i'm gonna do the brian windhorse thing like 
they there must be a reason that he took that job, right? Like they had to convince him, hey, we're not this is the last year of being the worst team in the league. Now we're gonna start getting people. Right. We have our young core. We got Alperin Shengun, we got Jalen Green. Jabari Smith was way more promising the last 20 games. He had we're to like get James Harden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absurd. <laughs> I that really hope that was not part of the plan. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be absurd. But they had to sell him, right? Like, there's no way a decorated coach like this and a, a a popular coach like this would take the worst job in the league. You know. Or here's my Brian Windhorst moment. Okay. Yeah. Were there? Did he really have some like? Were there some big questions around him? Like, I know that whole thing of how he got dismissed from the Celtics, like, whatever. Like, were there bigger questions around him? Did he not have the offers that maybe we think he should have gotten? Interesting. Maybe. Because uh, that's – you're right. That's There has to be some reason that he took the Rockets job or he yeah. there was nothing else biting, and he was like, this is the only place that I can get a job. Maybe. maybe yeah, maybe he just was missing the itch to coach and needed to get in on it, but – but that Rockets. sucks that the Bucks and Suns now are available. And <laughs> Rockets yeah. are a good spot for him too, though, because that young team needs like a leader really, really bad, you know. And I, I think he will, he will, you know, provide some defensive knowledge and and allow them to be a little bit more hard nosed next year. Yeah, they and, well, they and definitely need that. Yeah. Like they, they're like a rec league team. Like no kidding, Rockets, yeah. Watching Rockets games, like I love their individual players, but it's just like. It's more your turn, my turn than like the Luca and Kyrie Mavericks were. It was it's just like taking that to a whole new level. Of just What's saying something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, that was gross. But yeah, that was uh, a tough, tough year to be a Rockets fan for sure. I think going back to the the Suns, the more I've been thinking about Cobes, what you said earlier about turning Aiton and Paul into more playable assets is mm-hmm. I mean I I'm trying to put myself in like the mind of the the Suns when they made the KD trade mm-hmm. is you were thinking we have two superstars and then two stars I'm assuming is what they were thinking sure, and right. Aiden and Paul they were like okay yes we're going to sacrifice having a deep bench but we're going to have two superstars and two stars instead yeah. they got two super superstars a guy who didn't play the series because he was hurt. And then Aiton, who is a role player. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the bottom line for the Suns is you don't really criticize the KD trade because I think, I still think you make that trade. It's KD. Sure. But you, you assume you're getting more from the guys that you're paying to, 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 to get more out of. So, yeah. I mean, just going off that, the the only tough part about that trade is Jack, like let's say they don't make the trade. They keep Cam Johnson, they keep Bridges, and they keep all those picks. They still would have lost to the Lakers, but they probably still they would have beat the Clippers with with just Booker and, and uh Bridges and Cam yeah. Johnson. Same result for sure. Yeah. It would have been the same result, right? So hypothetically, just thinking here, no. I, I I agree with you in saying that they need to make that trade just because that's what you do. But they lost four picks in the next three or four years. Yeah. yeah. And they mortgaged their bench for it. Like, it's starting to not look as pretty. Um, That's kind of like, that's just what happens when you trade for big stars. Like, the yeah. the Clippers did this a couple years ago, and they got Paul George and Kawhi. Like, they, they haven't been healthy or 
anything. So it's it's tough when you trade for stars, especially when they're the the rest of the roster isn't secure and set. But well, it's like the I I was thinking of an analogy to use for another sport, and I think what I'm we're we're all Mariners fans on this pod. Yep. It reminds me of if the Mariners had traded Kelnick, Bryce Miller, and Emerson Hancock for Brian Reynolds, like people wanted them to in the offseason. Yeah. And then not that, you know, whatever the Suns gave up are those guys, but it's the yeah. then Brian Reynolds comes back and he all of a sudden he not like he might produce, but then like how the Mariners are doing right now, where like Gino and then the rest of the team just starts not performing. Yeah. And that's what that's what I think the Suns took the gamble that we had the players, the right players in place to bring in KD. And then they just didn't. And I think the reason I think the bigger picture reason that they did it was because at that time of the trade deadline, the West was so wide open. Yeah. Like the Lakers yeah. weren't set yet. The Warriors were still in turmoil. Everyone thought the Nuggets were bad for some reason. And Shane, my favorite, I love you're so right about the Nuggets because you've been on them. I'll give you so much props, especially if they <laughs> win the title. You've been on the Nuggets for a long time. Oh my god, they're just a good basketball team. They're just a good basketball team. Um, but anyways, like the Suns had to make that trade. You know, they just had to, and you can't, you know, discredit them for it. But we'll see how they bounce back next year. That's, I guess, the biggest thing for them. Yeah, and what they do in the offseason still too. gonna be really damn good next year. So yep. we'll see how that goes. Durant gets a whole year with the team next yeah. year. I mean, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be closer to his normal playing style than he was this year, I think. Totally. I agree. Uh all right, let's do Nuggets Lakers. Wild Western Conference finals. Just would not have expected Nuggets Lakers, but here we are. Shane, did you say you had a question at the beginning when we were talking about this series did you, that you wanted to bring up? Or oh, I was just talking about I was gonna just do a deep dive on Jamal Murray. I, I guess I can just open it with that. Um there wasn't really a deep dive. It was a deep dive question. I was going to ask who you guys think is the biggest X factor on either side of the, of the teams. And I guess I'll, while I ask the question, I'll answer it. And then you guys can do it as well. I think Jamal Murray is the biggest player in this series, because if we think about it, Jokic will be the best player in the series. AD will likely be the second best player. Now, is it LeBron? Is it Jamal Murray? Is it... Austin Reeves is it Michael Porter Jr. I mean, there's a lot of guys, but I think it's going to be if the Nuggets win, it's going to be Jamal Murray. That's the third best player, solid all series. Um, and it comes down to that two man game between him and Jokic, right? Like that, there the Nuggets are a really well rounded team, and everyone knows that. But to perform in the playoffs, you can't just rely on your role players to have 15 a game. You have to have your best player score, and you have to have your best guard score like 25 like every game and i know jamal murray's capable of it but um the lakers just gave the best guard of all time living hell or a best point guard sorry michael jordan is a just shooting guard that's my bad but um <laughs> they just gave the best shooter of all time a living hell and they beat him in six games so like it'll be really hard for jamal murray to have success but i'm excited for this matchup man it's gonna be a dogfight I think if anyone can stop or slow down, I don't think they can stop them, but slow down Jokic, it's the Lakers. Yeah. Right? They've just turned it on defensively, you know? Um, and AD has been the best defender 
in the playoffs. It's like first in blocks, defensive rebounds, and deflections, I think I read on Twitter. Yeah, that's um, nuts. I, that just, you know, if he can continue to do that. I, the, the one thing I will say is like the Nuggets looked really, really good, but I don't think the Suns – or anything close to the depth that the Lakers are going to bring to this series. So like, you know, I definitely think it's going to be a whole different animal for the Nuggets in this series. Not saying that they can't win. And I think you're right. I think Jamal Murray um, and, and, you know, who's, who's going to be the third scorer for both of these teams. Cause right. that might, that might be the player who really ends up deciding the series. Cause I think you could probably count, like you said, on AD and LeBron, you can probably count on Jokic and, I think Jamal Murray is probably going to have at least some good games. It's like, who's going to be the third scorer that goes off yeah. um, for both of those teams. And yeah, you know. and I, I guess just to piggyback off that Contavious Caldwell Pope has played exceptionally well in this playoff playoff so far. And Bruce Brown has played exceptionally well too. Those, those guys are really key players for the nuggets. Um, it, it pains me to say that they had to trade bones Island in the middle of the season. Cause he was my guy, but it, it's really helped them like their brand of basketball in the second unit is a lot stronger and it's just a lot more complete and a lot more sustainable um, for that team. And that's kind of what is really important in the playoffs is having sustainability and having something that you can adjust from. And it's not just random, like the Celtics, I think were a little bit random um, at some points in the series against the Sixers. Um, I think they figured it out obviously in game seven, but um <laughs> I think if the if the Nuggets can contain that sustainability, it'll it'll provide dividends for for playing the Lakers. Um, I guess the one last point that I'll make on this is the Lakers' defensive presence, um, just physically, is going to be really tough. Like you were, like you mentioned, Cobes, then they're, they're going to be more physical than the Suns were against the against the Nuggets, and that's going to be a really a big test for Jokic and Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. Um, just all throughout their lineup, how are they going to respond to a powerful, forceful team like the Lakers? I like I, – I'm also interested to see how Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. play for the Nuggets. Those two are just – I don't know. I've never been an Aaron Gordon believer. I don't think he's that good. And, like, and Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon, to your point, Cobes, are the guys that – the Nuggets think should be the third score. Right. That's kind of who they count, especially Michael Porter Jr. And uh like me and Shane, he went to high school like around the same time we did, around the same area. And this guy was supposed to be like this is he's supposed to be this type of guy that can score in the playoffs. And I don't know. He just seems to be so hot and cold that that's gonna be tough for them to rely on him. But th- those I think those two could be a huge difference makers for the, for the, for the nuggets. And then I don't know, Reeves, man, the more that guy, the more I watch that guy play, Legit. I love him. Yeah. Legit, I can love Austin Reeves. Yeah. And I don't know. I still, I still don't know if I believe in the Lakers, but this is the matchup that they needed. Yeah. Like they, yeah, like like you guys have been saying, I'll just echo it again. It's if there's a team that can kind of bully and beat up Jokic, especially for seven games, this Lakers team who's, has kind of the makeup. Who's playing backup center for the Nuggets? Right yeah, now? no one. Uh, Mason Plumley. Okay, 
<laughs> he's he's actually been okay too, right? In the yes, playoffs, okay, yep, they just yep. haven't played him. A that time. was who they got. That was who they got in the Bones Highlands trade, right? Correct. Yep. Correct. So that that was actually a really big trade for them because if they didn't have him in that second unit, they would get eaten alive inside. Totally. Yeah, it'll he be didn't, really interesting to see. He didn't play in in Game Six. Wow. Or I'm looking. Did, I, I mean, did he? Did they need him against the Suns? Really? They're no, I mean a lot more against the Lakers. Yeah, I he might be hurt. I'm gonna look up because he didn't play. It looks like very much at all against the, like mm. not even active. Interesting. Um, that would be trouble. Yeah, let's check here. This is some some really good live looking up on Mason <laughs> Plumley. No problem. Uh-oh. Nuggets and six. Eating nuggets oh. and six. I got nuggets and seven. Okay. I love that. Wait. No. Clip Mason Plumley's on the Clippers. Am I tripping? Who's the what who's the backup center for the Nuggets then? I have no clue. I yeah. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna do some not, I don't know. I actually don't know. That's that's I'll take the blame on that one. That's my bad. <laughs> I was going to okay. say, sorry, Shane, for they, do like not, they, they don't have a backup center. Oh, this is Tom, their Thomas Bryant. Yeah. Oh, I'm, right. He used yeah, to be on the Lakers. Play him, though. He didn't play at all last series either. I mean, what this is DeAndre their... Jordan. Did DeAndre Jordan play? Nope. No. <laughs> These oh, are, this Yo, is bitch. who played. Yeah. So who played against the, the, um, these are the guys that played more than 10 minutes against the the Suns is Jokic Murray, Gordon, KCP, Michael Porter Jr., Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, Christian Brown. Oh, Jeff, Jeff Green. Green. Jeff him. Green's been so that's their that's He's their, their center. Yeah. That's their backup center. Yeah. That's their <laughs> Oh man. That's gonna be tough, but I still the Nuggets are so hard to beat at home. Uh I don't know. They've I just agree. been unbelievable at home. I think another thing that the um isn't talked a lot about when people talk about the Nuggets is their three-point shooting. They don't shoot a lot of threes, but they have a lot of guys that can shoot it at a high clip. Like everyone a lot of not a lot of people like to talk about how good KCP is at shooting threes, but he's been a 40% three-point shooter just for the last like three seasons and he was a big reason why the Lakers won in the bubble. Like he was really 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 good for them. Um it's a big pickup for them, but like Jamal Murray can shoot. Michael Porter Jr. obviously has one of the best, you know, three-point strokes in the game. If he can get on and get hot, like, I don't see the Lakers having the firepower offensively to catch up with them Um, just because of how good Jokic is, man. Because every time he gets two feet in the paint, like, it's just the touch is just effortless for him. It'll be interesting to see how he goes up against Anthony Davis and how they, like, my my biggest thought when I was listening to this, like thinking about this matchup is Jokic plays a lot at the high post, right? And does a lot of stuff at the high post. How is AD going to defend that? Are they going to put LeBron on him so AD can kind of stay towards the basket and help defense? Or is it going to be more of a, let's see if we can get Jokic to bring the ball up and have AD come out to the three-point line to open up cutting lanes for Aaron Gordon and, and some other guys. I, I'm just really interested to see how they're going to defend Jokic and how vice versa how they're going to play against ad so it's a fun series man i'm excited for it absolutely uh okay predictions what did you i i missed i heard a nuggets in six who who said nuggets in six shane 
Shane did. Yep. All right. Coves, what do you got? I said Nuggets in seven. Yeah. It's good. I think it I think the series at least goes six games. I don't yeah. this one's not this one's not gonna end in five. And if it does, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go Lakers in seven because I yeah. do not want us to look back on this and then say, Oh, how like do we it. all take the nuggets? Yeah. So you're welcome, guys. I will take I Lakers. have to take nuggets. Yes. I've blindly Fine. taken them all year. I've blindly taken them all year to win the ten- the championship, but I uh, am a little nervous about this matchup, man. Like LeBron James puts the fear of God in me sometimes and how well they're playing and the confidence that they are, you know, just playing with after beating the defending champions. Like that's got to, that has some play in the series for sure. And they're scary. Cause like D'Lo could go off for 30 right. in a game. Yeah. Like, or Lonnie Walker. Or Lonnie Walker could randomly just be the hero in the fourth quarter. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. I don't think we did Celtics heat predictions. I'll go Celtics in seven. Celtics and I was going to say Celtics in five, but that's what I have written down. Okay. <laughs> Give it to him. Celtics in five. I'll do six. My, my brother would kill me if I said Celtics in five because the heater is favorite team of all time. So I, uh, I'll go Celtics in six. Cause there's just no way the heat, man. Like, I just don't think so. Actually, you know what? Do it. No, 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 we can't. <laughs> <laughs> you almost got him with the do it. Jimmy Butler's really good, but man, he's so. Remember how tired he was in the bubble? Like that. The picture after Weinstein is just like playing all, like every man of the series. There's going to be a certain point where his body just can't hang. Not to say that yeah. it's a discredit to him, but like when you're putting on and trying on both ends of the floor like he does every possession, then there's just a certain point where you can't be the best in the NBA all the time. It's just hard. It's a hard sport and playing against a good team and the Celtics is hard. So I'm going to go Celtics in six. I could see the heat winning in six though. I, I'm telling you, if, if the heat steal a game early, they, they could definitely sweep at home and then, and then you never know. I couldn't agree more, man. Like th- this series is going to be so back and forth of just because of how inconsistent the Celtics seem to be sometimes. Right. Like if the Celtics aren't knocking down shots, and the Heat are swarming on defense, and Bam looks great. Like that series could take a turn for the worst quickly. Like a lot of people were ready to write off the Celtics when the the Sixers were up in the series, yeah. and that could totally happen again against the against the Heat, who are playing against a better or who have a better coach on their roster, and that has been there more times and can make those on the fly adjustments. So, man, you want you're making me think about taking the Heat, but I don't. Yeah. Know. We'll, we'll we'll see when we get there. We'll might have to do a after game two pod to check check the heat on the on the yeah. heat <laughs> to do a heat check that's Man, exactly there yeah. we go <laughs> somebody save that so i have an easy title for the podcast that we do after that one <laughs> <laughs> um okay just a, a couple other like cleanup stuff mm-hmm. we uh, we didn't do predictions for game for the second round but shane we were five and three uh in series in the first round not great not great no bad actually I mean, it's over 500, so... I mean, yeah. you, exp- you... I think it's okay, because nobody picked the Bucks to lose to the Heat. True, true. Yeah. That was one we missed. We missed the... We had the Cavs beating the Cavs. Knicks, yep. and then we had the Grizzlies beating the Lakers. So... Yeah, man. What? How... What are the, what are the Grizzlies going to do? 
I know they are not getting back Dylan Brooks, so that's a good step forward. For okay, them. yeah. Let's let's go through the cleanup of the teams that were eliminated in round one that we need to go through. Grizzlies yeah. first. Yes, definitely Grizzlies. So much drama. So yeah, like the, I mean, the organization man is handling stuff so interestingly. Like the day after they lose to the to the Lakers, they are saying we're not bringing back Dylan Brooks. That doesn't seem very professional to me. Like that, not at all. Not great. That's not a great look on your franchise. I don't think they're going to attract people that are going to want to play there. Dude, um, did you see? Did you hear Rosillo? I think it was, was Rosillo did a rant him. on that, and he was like, he was like, you know, in his voice. They say they're not bringing Dylan Brooks back on any circumstances. He's like, yeah. well, that seems a little extreme. Any circumstances? <laughs> what about a what about a four million dollar contract? Okay, yeah. What oh, about yeah. if everyone in the NBA retired and he was the only guy you could bring in? Is oh, that yeah. So? yeah, no, dude. And then we were just talking before we started recording. Jaw today? Yeah. What about if your star player decides to pull out a gun again on Instagram? <laughs> Will you take Dylan Brooks then? Because you don't have a point guard? Yeah. Not I, just, I know he's a shooting guard, but... Not just pulls out a gun. Pulls out a gun again on instagram yeah Yeah, twice it's it's tough man like the culture from i know that this has been a thing for the last like this entire year but the culture that has changed from three years ago when they were like in the play-in tournament they were going to be like the hot up-and-coming team everyone's going to be watch out for the grizzlies and now that they think they've made it there and they're where they are at now they're so cocky and so just confident um and they haven't really done a whole lot yet and I think the league is starting to see that and they're starting to be disappointed, I guess is one of the words you could say in that. Um, I wonder where the organization goes. Like, I think Taylor Jenkins is a great coach. And I think that Jaron Jackson Jr. is a great player and Desmond Bain is really solid. Um, Obviously, Ja, aside from the stuff off the court, I think that um, when Ja has been playing this year, he's been kind of a one-trick guy. I'm going to, I'm going to cross over and I'm going to just jump with you at the rim and not to say that that doesn't work. Cause it obviously has, but a, it's not very sustainable and B teams are figuring out how to defend against it. Especially and in the playoffs. Exactly. Like it's soup and he isn't a great shooter either. So like they don't have to respect him. They can play back. So he can't get the jump on you to drive. And unless he can start knocking down threes and being that number, number one, dude, uh, I don't know where they go from here. I, it's it's an interesting spot that they're in, especially because of the drama outside. Um, it's I wouldn't I wouldn't sell all my Grizzlies stock though. Like totally. I, oh, I'm not saying sell. I just, just yeah. Stephen Adams was hurt like all year. He's like their you know their main enforcer. Brandon Clark got hurt at the end of the year. That's another big guy that they lost. Yep. I mean that's that's a big reason why they lost to the Lakers because they just like another team that just didn't have the stuff inside to deal with. Yep. The Lakers dead. Yeah. I appreciate that check. That was a, that's a really good point. Those two being out of that series is really, really, really crucial. Yeah. I, well, their offseason is going to be very interesting because they I, definitely yeah. have to bring in a few other guys. And I just, it's just, it's scary when you have a superstar that you just can't, you don't know what's going to happen to him. And you sure. don't. Uh, that's just a scary spot to be in as a franchise. He's 23. I, I think he's going to be – he's he's going to figure it out. I, just, I hope so, yeah. I have a hard time believing he doesn't. Just no more Instagram live posts, Jock, please. I said that last time, man, but it's here we are, like, not even a month later. But 
That's okay. Let's, um, let's move off. I think let's yeah. go to another team. I'll I'll take it on this one. Let's go to uh, the team that I bet on to win the first round series, the Cavs. Um, this isn't a huge. There's no really big topic coming out of their offseason, but I'm just what the Knicks exposed what had been the the narrative all season for them. They have four really good starters, and they don't have anyone to fill that three spot. Um, and that was what but bit them in the butt in the playoffs. And the two bigs that we thought were going to be really good didn't play uh, very well in the playoffs. I think Jared Allen and Evan Mobley are really good players, and they're a fit with uh, Mitchell and Garland. I just they need a they need someone, man. Maybe they should get Dylan Brooks because Dylan Brooks would uh-huh. make that team like I no he fits. Lie. He I fits really they, well. They need yeah, a. I thought Donovan crazy was like an alpha dog, but like Dev or uh, Dylan Brooks is an alpha dog too. And he would bring defensive, you know, presence. He would take shots. Well, there's a difference between like an alpha on offense versus like an enforcer on defense. And I think they, those two are complementing each other well there. Yeah. Also, Shane, I remember us talking about like best player in the series, Donovan Mitchell, and it was Brunson. So that was another big thing is like, I mean, Mitchell was good. I didn't watch a ton of this series, but. Brunson was the best player. So yeah, totally. I was really sad. I I really liked the Cavs this year, and I thought I I was really high on them as well. But I just you know I think they need Mobley to take a big step offensively next year. He needs to be better offensively, and I think you're right. They need to add another piece. Yeah, their defense is going to be really good next year again. They're going to be one of the best defensive teams in the NBA, and I I mean they're definitely not a team that needs to blow it up. They just Oh, I think they're buyers. Totally, they're buyers. I I agree. And this is their first time as a group together in the playoffs, so they're just getting their lumps, and they're they'll be back. I I totally agree. They'll be back because they're young too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they don't have anyone who's old. They, the only person they did have who was old, they it was Kevin Love, and they bought him out. <laughs> yeah. who's, who's still playing? Yeah, yeah, who's He's... still playing on the Heat? I love that story. That's a great story. Um, um, can I just say the next team that I want to talk about? Yeah, sure. What the hell happened to the Milwaukee Bucks? Oh, I heard it wasn't a failure. <laughs> I, heard, I heard it wasn't a failure, though. Um, but that's a tough situation. I I feel really bad for Mike Budenholzer. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, two, I get, two years ago, I, he won the title? Yes, two years ago, they won the title. I just – his brother died in the middle of the series in a car yeah. accident. Like that's the most tragic thing that could happen, like losing Talk a group family member in the middle. Terrible timing by the Bucks. The terrible NBA timing. Terrible timing. But like, I get that he made a couple coaching mistakes, but and he he I guess was too stubborn to let Giannis guard Jimmy. I I don't know what the internal stuff was, but I I think it was poor timing. But I guess the change needed to happen. I just think it's weird timing. Um. I guess off the topic of Budenhoser, what do you guys think is the Bucks step? Because from my eyes watching their team, they looked slow. Like Joe Ingles wasn't, you know, helping the team at all. Uh, I just don't think that they had a lot of life in their legs this this series. I think, I think Middleton can't be like they his that kind of big three might have ran its course and like they won a title that's fantastic that's your goal mission achieved yeah but 
And I know we are kind of holding on to Middleton because he was hurt last year. And obviously like that did play a huge impact and they weren't the same team and they'd counted on him last year, but yeah. I don't know, man. Cause I certainly don't think Giannis is the problem. <laughs> I drew holiday. I, I think drew holiday is a, like one of the best defensive guards in the league. I think didn't these guys, did you guys see that player poll that yeah. came out? Yeah. And they players ranked him as the best defender. Like, I don't know. I, he did uh, have a tough series, though. He, he did. wasn't great in the series. He did. He Offensively, did. he was bad. That's that. I think is that's the key, right? Like Middleton and Drew both had bad offensive series. Yes. And as great as Giannis is, he can't win a series by himself. Yeah, because I mean, to have success with Giannis, you need someone for him to pass the ball to. That's just how to have success in the NBA with any right. star, like. It has to happen with the with the Mavericks with Luca. Like it has to happen with all of the star players. You need shooting around the person who's going to drive and kick. Um, and you also, I don't know if this is a bad thing about their team, but like having two bigs on the floor is a little interesting in this day and age. I know Brooke Lopez can really shoot the ball and is really really good at defense. I'm not discrediting that at all. I just think about going forward for their what their team looks like going forward is like is playing with a, a big, um, two bigs on the floor, like a sustainable thing. Maybe that's part of the reason they got rid of Budenhoser. Maybe that's one of the things they, you know, just wanted to move off of in the future, but I, need I a switchable big, they need a switchable second big, like someone who yeah. can, who can switch. They have they, he has to play drop coverage every time. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Portis isn't really necessarily a, a force, but like he's a switchable big that they really didn't go to. That's as true. Well. Um, I, I, uh, I think he Middleton is the key. And I think that that's the hard, harsh reality that they're going to have to come to and say, we either ride this out until his next contract is up, or we try to trade him for a little bit less than what we want the value to be for him. Um, because they probably did wait a little too long and Middleton hasn't responded or rehabbed from his injuries like he would have hoped. Um, how old is he? He looks 60. <laughs> For real. I was just gonna say whatever it whatever I think he is, he's he's probably younger because wow, that was rough. Um Chris Middleton is 31. Yeah, he looks he looks 38, but yep. um I mean he's I had knee know. injuries the last two years, so it's it makes right. sense. I uh I'm gonna zag a little. I think the Bucks are fine. Okay. I don't know. They that Giannis is probably still the second best player in the NBA, if you count Jokic as the best. Yeah, I you're just, split hairs between those two for sure. And to me, like he's going to remember this Heat series and be on a mission next year. I, I don't know. I, I'd be scared of the Bucks if I was in the Eastern Conference next year because Giannis, when he's a determined individual, is a scary man with the basketball. I, I agree. agree. Yeah, I agree. I'm not saying that they're going to be bad. I just think I don't know if they have currently on their roster to get them over the top like we just saw this year. But they could have, if Giannis didn't get hurt in that first round and they won that first two games, then maybe the entire playoff situation looks way different. You it's know? a great so, point because they are beating the Knicks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally they're beating the Knicks. Yeah. Yeah. So, I yeah. Overall point, I think no one is selling bucks stock if anything yeah. i'm buying a lot of bucks stock yeah it's low right it's now low. it's, it's got to be low. as low as it's ever been or at least yeah. since they've won Lately. the title yeah right yeah do we have any other teams we want to wrap up here like clippers timberwolves kings uh, 
Kings. Sure. Let's go Kings. I, I want to talk about the Timberwolves too, but we'll get to the Kings first. Uh, two claps for the Kings. They had a great, <laughs> great, great time this year. I was super happy for all of them. Like just a coming out party for De'Aaron Fox. I pretty much all year, everyone was like, Oh, who's the better player on the team? Is it Sabonis? Is it Fox? I think, I think everyone knows now that it's Fox like that dude yeah. is that dude. And I think when they get just a couple more years under their belt, they'll be, you know, maybe making a run at the Western conference finals. Um, like I think they were playing such good team basketball. I think that Mike Brown had them playing so well. And I love the role players, man. Like Malik Monk, just like the second baller, of, dude, like the second coming of Jamal Crawford. Like he's the dopest. Yeah, that's off a the really bench. good comp. Like just like the that. dopest person off the bench in a long time. And uh, I love it. I, I love their roster. Keegan Murray is going to keep getting better. Um, yep. David Mitchell is a solid guy to have on your, just in your rotation. And the only thing I guess um, is addressing the center position. Um, not to say Sabonis did a poor job, but it just, he was a little bit overmatched um, in that series. Yeah. And, I, I mean, Kavon Looney. Hey, Kavon Looney. Was- <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying this man made third all third team all NBA and yeah was outmatched well, by Kevon Looney. He's not a he's not a, a forceful center. He's like Jokic Jr. Like he he's driving, he's taking like little right. little jump shots, he's facilitating from the high post. But you're right. They need to address that rim protection. Um and that was one of the biggest things they were missing. Um this and this her, they need Herder to make a jump shot. Unbelievable. Yeah man yeah, it was he tough. Was. He was broke in the playoffs, which is tough because he was a really good in the regular season forum and that's, that's uh, it's hard to, to make shots in the nba i can't imagine how hard it is so yeah it's even more hard but like they, they'll get better over time i'm, I'm it just it just reminds me of like bullpens in in the baseball playoffs where you have a guy that's like so solid throughout the entire regular season and you've seen enough through it you've seen enough from herder throughout the season to be like getting in the playoffs and oh we can count on this guy and same for a bullpen. You can be like, ah, we can bring this guy in the seventh inning of a close game. And then all of a sudden the playoffs, they just lose it. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Where? What? How? Yeah. And it's it's so tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hard, they, it's a hard, hard they, sport. I do think, yeah, if, I think if they play some other some of these other teams that they don't get matched up against the Warriors, they they could have been on to the second round. And you're talking about this team. I think they would have. Yeah. yeah. Totally, man. They, a tough matchup for them. Yeah. And so you're talking about instead of – a first round exit you're talking about a team that's won a playoff series and yeah, yeah they didn't i don't think kings fans thought they were getting to the conference finals this year so no 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 this most is... of them i know were very very happy with how the season turned out <laughs> right right they got to go to they got to have home playoff games that's yeah remind me of the mariners a little bit there exactly. yeah. yep. um shane t wolves t wolves we were talking about this a little before we logged on the pod today um what a what an underwhelming or actually I guess it's a normal whelming season for how it started, right? It was underwhelming the offseason before the, the season actually started. Um normal whelming. Thing, I like that. The uh the normal whelming, that's a new one. Um the only thing that you can take away if you're a Timberwolves fan is Anthony Edwards is still that dude. He's so really good. really great. And I, I think this year I learned a little bit more about his personality than I than I did the years before. He's such a good dude. He seems like he works really hard. He seems like he has a good head on his shoulders. Um, 
what are they going to do though? Like this, they're the biggest question mark to me um, because obviously the car Anthony Towns Gobert didn't work. Um, oh, you, it didn't shocker. No it way. Didn't, it didn't that's, work. Yeah. That's crazy. Even though like, even when uh cat was hurt at the beginning of the year and it was just Gobert, like there was a little bit of, they were, they got some chemistry going, but then when they, we came back and had the whole squad together, it just didn't, didn't fit. Um, and Carl Anthony Towns is one of those guys that, um, like Julius Randle, like what we were saying earlier, is I just put those guys in a bucket of just like, they're not my dogs. They're basketball players who are really good and really talented, but they're not dogs. They're not going to come up and, you know, fight like everybody else. And I wonder if Carl Anthony Towns just needs to be on a better, a different roster, different team um, for him to get that fresh air and that that motivation again. Um, but I think the Timberwolves would need a retool, even though they, if they didn't make that trade, they would probably have been like a four seed this year, probably. Right. Cause they would have still had yeah. Pat Bev. They would have had Walker Kessler. They would have had, uh, Jared Vanderbilt. They would have had, um, all these players, man. And it's just really crippling to make decisions like that for your franchise. And, uh, I wonder how they're going to respond in the off season. Yeah. So do you think the answer is that they trade cat? Well, I don't know that that is the answer. I think that is their best option, though. Mm. Like, th- you can't trade Gobert because he <laughs> he took so much of a like his stock took so much of a hit this year that th- what you gave out for him is not going to be anywhere close to what you get back right. for him. Our Anthony Towns is a young. He's still relatively young. He is the best shooting big man in the league, um, and that's a really really. Uh, Every team wants that. Every team wants a big guy who can shoot and space. Yeah. And he, not only can he shoot, he can shoot like really well. Like he shoots 40% on high volume as a seven footer. So he might not be uh, the best defensive center in the league, but I think he has good value. And if they can get some really, if they can get a really good point guard, if they don't have to rely on like Mike Conley again, and they don't have to like, and they just get some young youth in that locker room. Cause I could tell Anthony Edwards was a little bit fed up by being the young guy and like having to play, not necessarily that Mike Conley's an old fart, but like he's a young dude that wants to get out and transition and run and just play fast. And they just weren't playing fast. And that's one of the reasons why they uh, struggled this year. So I want to see them make some good moves to get quicker and younger. What, uh, how many years is Edwards? Edwards has two more years on his contract. I think yeah, because he's still in the rookie deal, right? Rookie deal, yeah, and they're probably going to sign him to the extension on the rookie deal, so he's going to get the super max probably. Yeah, hopefully he wants to stay. I mean, yeah, yeah. True. Is he? They always talk about next superstar that's wants that's out. All. I mean, if I was him, I'd be a little frustrated. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he voiced his frustration at the beginning of the season. Um, with the trade, like he, there was some some light reporting on how him and uh, Gobert were still trying to get along um, in training camp. So it's interesting for him, for him. Are there any other teams you guys want to touch on? Suns, Knicks, Bucks, Cavs, Hawks, Nets, Clippers. What do we got? Anything all underwhelming boo boo stories? Yeah. The Hawks are like a a dumpster fire, but totally. Yeah. I I think they're, I think I'm good on the rest of them. Yeah. Me too. Well, I, I'm happy to be on the pod. I cannot wait for the conference finals. This is going to be – it's been a super, super 
exciting, interesting, surprising playoff so far. Um, and I think the conference finals is going to continue to be in that form. So I'm looking forward to it. We got, I think we got a lot of Laker or not a lot of Lakers, a lot of Nuggets love. And we got a lot of Celtics love coming from this side of the pod. Hopefully we're right. And that would be a hell of a NBA championship, but uh, we'll see. Um, I'm rooting for less blowouts this round. Yes. 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 Close games. Less blowouts. Yes. So we got, yeah, we got Tuesday. We have game one of the West. And then Wednesday is game one of the East. And I'm pretty sure they just alternate. Um, Yeah. Which is sick, by the way. Like, yeah. Then that's why it's kind of, this is definitely the round you want no blowouts because we have one game every day. Yeah, and I... So that's a tough, tough scene if there's blowouts. But um, yeah, boys, thanks for doing this. Let's 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 do it again soon. Thanks for um, having me. Yeah, Cobes, you're you, you, we're we're you're on the text chain now, so we'll we'll get you in there. And um, yeah, this was fun. Also, uh, also go 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 Timberline on Thursday. Go Wolves. Yes, go sir. Wolves, baby. Yes, sir. All right. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see you guys later. This is this, well, is, yeah. part, this is part one, by the way, of a part two, part two uh, podcast. So, yeah. Yep. All right. Peace.